So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. To meet me. For over two decades, Halloween Horror Nights Orlando has mastered the art of the scare. We'll cover each year of this amazing event one by one, picking through the bones and uncovering its past. So join us now as we open another tomb inside the catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. My name's Hunter, and I have my good friend Shelby right here joining me. How are you doing, Shelby? It's going. How are you, Hunter? Good, good. I'm super excited to be doing like our first episode of Catacombs together. I know, on our own, it's a little daunting. We'll be okay. I believe. <laughs> I believe in us. So what we've decided to do with you folks, you know, there's a lot of, unfortunately... There's a lot of nastiness in the world right now. There's a lot of uncertainty, um, a lot of just negativity. Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights has purposefully kind of stayed away from speculation previously. But because we want to give you guys something to talk about, something to listen to, something to chime in with your thoughts, we thought it would be fun to get together and talk about the new HN Nightmares map that just went up, which, uh, you know, HN Nightmares has been around for quite a long time, and every single year they do these speculation maps. And they're quite popular because, quite frankly, they are generally, from the first iteration all the way to the end, pretty correct. These start to show up. Uh, I actually believe this is the earliest one. Does that sound right, Shelby? Uh, maybe. I think the the last one last year came out. Yeah, around April. Yeah, I think, so you're right. I think this is the earliest one ever. But uh, like I said, they have a reputation for being pretty accurate, and that's why they're worth looking at and discussing. So to give you fine folks at home a little bit of content, we decided to kind of break our rule about talking about early speculation on catacombs and just talk about the speculation map. We think there's a lot of good stuff here. And without delving too deep, a lot of it lines up with things that we have heard or discussed previously, too. So um, we definitely think that a lot of this is founded in truth, and we're just excited to dive into it with you folks. Yep. And just remember, you don't want to 100% believe everything because things change and this is not official in any way, shape or form. Yeah, exactly. I mean, HHN has had issues previous uh, back in 27, back during 25. I'm pretty sure on some minor level or major way, it it does happen every single year where something gets changed last minute or adjusted. Mm -hmm. So once again, remember that this is a speculation map. And on top of that, this is version 1.0. So This is going to be about as basic as you could possibly get. They've been working on these houses for a long time, though. And like I said, we feel pretty comfortable in saying there's at least some truth here. So we think it's worth discussing. But without further ado, why don't we go ahead and dive right in to the HHN 3 speculation map. find that go to hn nightmares on twitter i believe they have a facebook as well and instagram um just so you have a frame of reference of what we're talking about yep so right off the bat i think this is important to note locations we're not really going to be discussing this time because they'll be the first to tell you that locations are usually the first thing to get changed. We yeah. we have a basic idea, or at least some things, we have a basic idea of what we could expect to see or what we would like to see, but something could be presented as a soundstage but actually end up in a tent. Something could be in a tent but actually end up in the parade building. So I wouldn't pay too much close attention to that right now. There is an interesting location I do want to talk about, though, and we'll we'll cover it later. Yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, Like I said, because this is the first map, there are no scare zones on here. Of course, those do tend to come a little bit later. The shows, to the surprise of no one, is we will probably see the return of a Lagoon show. Fingers crossed that that's an icon show. I think that would be pretty great. And uh, Academy of Villains is returning, which, in my opinion, is awesome. Yep, I have no problem with that. (laughs) 
So let's go ahead and start with our first major house. So right now they do have that right at the Music Plaza soundstage. I believe that's soundstage 22. Uh... Yes, I don't remember. <laughs> That's okay. I'll double <laughs> check it just one. to make sure. But yes, the major stage, and once again, locations don't matter. But, you know, if this is correct, that'll be the one where you first walk in. And that is Beetlejuice. So I think this one's pretty interesting because Beetlejuice has a long-standing relationship with Universal. Not unlike what we had last year with Ghostbusters in the mm-hmm. exact same spot. So it's pretty cool to see kind of a unofficial icon. Uh, last year, Ghostbusters was Sony. Beetlejuice is owned by Warner Brothers, which actually just celebrated its 32nd anniversary yesterday, which is pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, it did. Um, but yes, you know, a longstanding relationship with Universal. These are iconic characters. Beetlejuice had the Graveyard Review for several years. Beetlejuice has shown up at HHN in some capacity before. As well, you can actually still see Beetlejuice wandering the park today over in the Hollywood section of the park. And I don't know if you said it, you can hear the uh, the soundtrack playing yep. as well. Right yeah. at the entrance. Yeah, I think I missed you because I was distracted by my cat. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. And I did double check that is Soundstage 22 is where this is currently located. So Beetlejuice, iconic, not horror film, more of kind of like a horror inclined or horror-adjacent dark comedy. It's It's got some scary imagery in there. If you're a kid watching Beetlejuice for the first time, it's a little spooky. I definitely agree strong. with that. <laughs> I think there is more potential for them to do scares than there is with them, or excuse me, than there was with them with Ghostbusters. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to say that I think out of the IPs that are currently listed, excluding Universal Monsters, this is probably... My most anticipated, to be perfectly honest. I just think that there's so much that they could do here between, I mean, Tim Burton, I, Shelby, you as an artist, of course you're yeah. going <laughs> to agree with me, but Tim Burton as an artist has one of the most interesting aesthetics. It, it just like, period, when it comes to film work and different art and everything like that that he's worked on. I think this is going to translate into something very, very special in the form oh, of a house. My uh, my old middle school username used to be Tim Burton clone. I was obsessed with the guy. <laughs> so I think, it, yeah, there's a lot of really interesting imagery to work with in that. And I don't know if they, art and design wants to take their own creative juices and add on to it and make it more uh, insane and surreal than the movie is. I kind of see this as... I feel like they would probably poltergeist this one. And what yeah. I mean by that is they are going to pull iconic scenes from the film, of course, but I really think they're going to get abstract and weird with it. Oh, yeah. I, I think there'd be really some wacky hallways and some uh, forced perspectives used and a lot of smells, maybe. Yeah, I, I think you're right <laughs> on the money there. I hope you get to go into the waiting room. With the shrunken oh, head man and, um, and all yeah. the other characters. That would be such a great introduction. I don't think that's going to be the introduction to the maze, but can you imagine walking into yeah. it? Oh, uh, yeah. And just that hallway with all the doorways. Yep. How it all gets smaller at the end, and it's wobbly, and it's uneven. I think that would be really cool. Now, I can see this one coming for a variety of reasons, but I would actually say, you know, Beetlejuice is quite a bit more recent than Ghostbusters. Not by a huge amount, but, you know, it's what is it, about a five-year difference, a four-year difference between the two movies, so it's a little bit more relevant. But on top of that, I feel like Ghostbusters has always maintained a fan base, but Beetlejuice has just kind of stuck around forever. Well, it also has a a new resurgence with the new musical that's playing Broadway, or ended in Broadway. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was going to say. Beetlejuice is not only like a merchandising powerhouse, I mean, you can still go to Hot Topic right now and buy (laughs) so much Beetlejuice merchandise, uh, or a million other places, but like you just said, that Broadway musical really skyrocketed the popularity of the property to kind of insane levels. And I really think a lot of people, if they hadn't been introduced to Beetlejuice prior, got into the property because of that. I think this is a great nab, and I would actually dare say that it's going to be way more popular than Ghostbusters was with a younger audience. Yeah, I think it's way more relevant nowadays than Ghostbusters um, was. I feel like if maybe we had the Ghostbusters house like a year from now with the new movie coming out, it would have been a little bit more relevant. But because we have the musical... On top of this, I feel like Beetlejuice is a slightly 
bit more popular than Ghostbusters is right now. Yeah, I I would definitely agree with that. And, you know, the number one complaint that I heard from quite a few people, even fans of the film, was that Ghostbusters simply wasn't a scary house. There were scary sections, but they were kind of few and far between, unfortunately. You had the librarian, then you had the uh, the containment scene with the various ghosts popping out. Uh, featuring the Scolari brothers from Ghostbusters 2. But aside from that, there wasn't a lot of scare potential. I think I think from Ghostbusters, they took everything that they possibly could and did the most they could with it. But I think there, like I said, not to reiterate, there's a lot more potential for, for Beetlejuice, whether that's actual costumed characters, whether that is giant sandworm puppets, whether oh, that's yeah. more creative scares. I, I really think that they're going to have a winner on their hands here. And... To kind of put a bow on it, I think it's pretty cool that it's tying into Universal's history. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Any closing thoughts on Beetlejuice? Um, I will be very happy if it does wind up being a true rumor, and if it does wind up being like the mega house of the year. I think it'll be really outstanding. Yeah, I think that, you know, there's one that we're going to talk about a little bit later, a certain Netflix property that I think is probably going to be push pretty hard alongside this one. I feel like I know our three headliner properties and we'll talk about them as we get into it, but this is definitely one of them. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised to see him come up on promotional material. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Commercial Beetlejuice probably not. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So our second house, and this one's interesting not to talk about location again, just because that's all up in the air. But if so, we're getting a return of the Universal Monsters this year, but in a soundstage. Once again, supposedly speculation, yeah. y'all. <laughs> but this one is called Universal Monsters The Bride. So obviously, this is referencing the Bride of Frankenstein. But yep. to that, I also offer you, you know, Frankenstein isn't the only one, or Frankenstein's monster, because I know some of y'all are being pedantic out there. Frankenstein's monster isn't the only one with a bride. And, you know, last year Hollywood did Frankenstein versus the Wolfman. How cool is this going to be if it's the Bride of Frankenstein versus the Bride's Dracula? Oh, it'll be freaking awesome. I don't know if I want to curse, but yeah, it's it'll be awesome. Just the amount of, like, badass women going against each other. I, I don't understand why but who cares there's going to be some silly contrived reasoning uh but it's going to be awesome i just that you know this house is going to be just super gothic and atmospheric and hopefully it's like in that i don't know kind of like castle setting that you'd want it to be in it's uh especially if this is going into a soundstage or even in a parade building This is as good of a spot to mention this, not to derail too much, but (laughs) at this point, we should know that location literally doesn't matter. They're going to build something incredible regardless of where it is, but with the space of a soundstage to do something like a castle, it's going to be super incredible. A big, massive facade of possibly uh, Frankenstein's castle or Dracula's castle. Yeah. Exactly. And I personally love that the Universal Monsters are possibly showing back up this year. And to put a little bit of female power behind it, I think it's great. Uh-huh. Like, Dracula's oh, yeah. had his time in the. Now, granted, I feel like Frankenstein's monster and Dracula will probably show up. First of all, the guy owes me some money. So this is the <laughs> second year to collect. Uh, secondly, the Frankenstein, like, final scare, that final, like, leaving the house scare was so good. I hope that we right. kind of get a return to form for that. But this is really centering around the the two bride sectors. It's going to yeah. be great. I, I feel like it would be kind of tough to make an entire house just off of Frankenstein's bride or the bride of, or the bride of Frankenstein. I think it'll be really tough to center it around one character so so to have multiple brides like the vampires and dracula i feel like that would be a more appropriate way of doing that house yeah for sure i i just this one is very very high up on my initial anticipation list if it was to come i just think there was so much potential here and i really think the universal monsters is an evergreen property just because there's so much to pull from you know Mm -hmm. john murdy over in hollywood said a couple years back that he views the universal monsters like the avengers he was able to get them all together and now he's able to do kind of spin-off films with them it's almost like it was a a dark universe yeah almost (laughs) like that who knew right wild 
this wouldn't have happened. Uh, the The current world events wouldn't have happened if we got Dark Universe. That's no. all I'm saying. We just we would have had Tom Cruise running around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One hundred percent. We would have had the mummy overlay for Revenge of the Mummy in New York. Oh, it would have happened. <laughs> but yeah, Universal Monsters. Excited to see them back, and I think yeah. it's a great concept. I'm gonna throw this out there though. What if we got that house plus a Universal Monsters themed scare zone? Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, not just using the ones that we've seen in the past, like an all-night die-in, but like the new monsters that we had in the house last year. Yeah, isn't that the... Forgive me, you probably know more than I do, but weren't they designed by, like, Crash McCreary? I can't remember. It was a very specific artist, but I think you're right. Yeah, Um, yeah, it was. It was Crash uh, who did it. So he's done a, a ton of work. I mean, he did Terminator 2, Predator 2... Jurassic Park, like, he's super high profile, and he did such a good job of reintroducing the monsters in a modern way. Not that they weren't scary anymore, but he brought them up to date for a modern audience in a wonderful way, and it's cool to see that pay off on both coasts. Oh, yeah, and they're they're so cool-looking. I love every design that they have. They're gritty, and they're gross, and Dracula's nasty-looking, and I, I love it. I love everything that they're doing with it. So I'm excited for this house if it winds up being real. I guess it's safe to say we would devour them. (laughs) So next we're going into a house called Bedtime Stories. And this is an original. And there's uh, been a bit of speculation that last year there was something on one of these speculation maps called Two Fairy. And we actually heard after this house got canceled uh, and changed into something else, which uh, rumor says that 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 house uh, got turned into us last year, that it was actually a house called Bedtime Stories or or something similar to that. Mm -hmm. And once again, especially with the original titles, this is just kind of like a work in progress. This is probably not what the house is actually going to be called. But Bedtime Stories was centered around kind of the the frights of of youth, uh, whether that's the Two Fairy or the Boogeyman, which we've actually kind of seen a similar concept to that before back during the storyteller's house during 15. Yeah. Um, it kind of falls under the umbrella of scary tales. Yeah, it definitely does. I, I like the idea of it featuring on kind of the, uh, the, the childlike fears, I, I think mm-hmm. is the best way to say it, whether that's the boogeyman or the monster in the closet or whatever it might be. But yeah, bedtime stories, original house. Uh, there was a bit of, uh, talk last year amongst people that the house actually pulled a lot from Guillermo del Toro's kind of design aesthetic and that has me very excited if that's true. Of course, a lot can change in the year, so who knows? But um, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what this is. Mm-hmm. Well, if it doesn't have Adam Sandler, though, I don't know if I care. That's the thing. I think that this house is going to rely on Adam Sandler's presence. <laughs> After his resurgence with Uncut Gems, which, I mean, quite frankly, was incredible, um, I just don't know if HHN's going to be able to, to license his image anymore. <laughs> oh, can you imagine, though? <laughs> be pretty great. All right. Um, well, this is probably the one I know the least about, because there's no icon or history attached to it or an IP, so I'm really just kind of, uh, I don't know. I've yeah, this, one. this is the one looking at it, you kind of don't have the most of an idea, uh, just because the other come from places in HHN history. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a there's a bit to discuss here, but, but not a lot. No. It was kind of the same way last year when Graveyard Games came up on the map, and it was called something else, like um, Hide and Seek in the Graveyard, and that's all they really had um, as far as speculation, so we just had no idea what uh, Graveyard Games was going to be like, so I feel like this is going to fall under that. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's go ahead and move into the next one. Uh, Shelby, tell me how the hell I pronounce this, because I'm afraid to do it wrong. <laughs> I think it's Terra Cruentis. Okay, cool. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> so that works out just fine. So yeah, Terra Cruentes is, of course part of the Terra Queen's legacy. And if you know your history of the Terra Queen, uh, if only there was a resource that you could go to 
to learn more about the history of the Terra Queen, I, I suggest, and I did a little bit of listening myself, great bunch of guys. Uh, their names are Matt and Quint. They did a show called The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights, covering HHN 15 in detail, and they got all into this. Um, seriously, though, this is a Terra Queen house, supposedly. Yeah. I... Again, I wasn't around. You weren't around for this year either. Uh, I believe it's 2000... 2005. Five? Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm way off. Um, but yeah, neither of us were around for that year. So we weren't around to experience uh, what happened over there in Iowa, what the Terra Queen was like, or even we don't really know what we're getting into. So I'm very interested to see what happens with this one. Anyway, there's tons of resources where you can go in and see what the Terra Queen was like um, as far as Iowa goes and as far as, God, I can't believe it was 2005. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see it. I've only heard tons of stories from my old roommates on how it was like, how she used to come down on a motorcycle, which is wild. Um, I'm interested to see how that turns into a house. I don't remember if she had a house in 2005. Um, do you remember... No, she was actually, she was in the um, uh, Scare Zone, which was actually named the the same title. Yeah, that was um, it. Port of Entry, if I yes, remember correctly. that was Port of Entry. And every, every night, she would do a sacrifice, uh, just killing off a, someone in the audience or, or a different character. And on the final night of HHN 15, she did the sacrifice, but it was actually herself. And part Ooh. of her story is that she returns every 15 years. So it has been 15 years, and now for HHN 30, it looks like she's striking back. Now, would you be surprised if she wound up being like the overall icon, or do you think we are past the era of icons? I don't know if we get an icon this year. I think yeah. this is as good of a spot as any to discuss that. I, I just feel like there's really not a reason for them to do an icon anymore unfortunately yeah. i even feel that the event has changed drastically since 25 which featured oh, yeah. our well people forget about chance but chance wasn't the <laughs> icon the next year but you know it's been four years now uh since chance uh if you want to count bone i know <laughs> i know arden design is like we don't count bone but marketing's <laughs> like he's kind of the icon and they're like no we don't want him so you know whether or not he works for you he was so minimal i definitely don't count him but yeah he's kind of there but regardless um you know the terra queen the whole reason that she wasn't the icon for 15 is that they thought she wasn't marketable enough and that's why they came up with the storyteller instead they're like who yeah. needs this creepy post-apocalyptic queen when I can put a little old woman? Uh, they're just so much more marketable. Yeah. <laughs> Almost like the where's the beef lady? Yeah. Where's the beef? Um, I don't know if they do bring her back um, or Terra Queen, if they do bring her back for a house, I would like to see um, a redesign because I personally am not the biggest fan of her old design. But then again, it was 15 years ago. So I understand like things were limited back then, but they really need to up her look. She looked not that great. <laughs> yeah, she's kind of got like this bark shield coming off the top of her head that's yeah. not 100% like maybe the best aesthetic, but I 100% believe that if this is the house, this is going to be our close quarters house. I can actually see you probably making some comparisons between what we saw last year with Nightingale's uh, blood pit and translating that over into the post-apocalyptic vibe that the Terra Queen has. Yeah. And if she winds up getting her own scare zone, do you think it would work well in New York? I think New York or Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. I, ooh, I could see it in Hollywood. Yeah, I think that they've done kind of that festival. Well, you know, obviously the most recent comparison <laughs> is going to be Festival of the Deadliest from 27. But yeah. kind of doing that rock metal aesthetic with this, with the flames going up Hollywood, I, I think would work pretty well. Yeah. There's always a problem with that scare zone in Ho or not Hollywood in New York, where it's it's so big, it's always so hard to fill that space with actors and props. Yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see if they do something original in that zone. It really has to fill it out. Yeah, that that's part of it. And unfortunately, we've seen the last couple of years the last like 
fully fledged scare zone that we had in there from end to end was 25 with Shady Brook, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, Purge went pretty far, but not quite all the way. No. And Vamp 85 barely had much of anything. Yeah, once you, I mean, you had the main stage, you'd wander up a little bit further, and then you had the news van, and that was unfortunately pretty much it. So let's go ahead and move into our next house, and this is one that has uh, been discussed quite a bit. Mm -hmm. There has been constant floating around that Billie Eilish was coming to the event in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's Bi- been a rumor for a while. Yeah, Billie Eilish, if you're not familiar, I think we started hearing about this in like January, like yeah. really, really early. Billie Eilish, if you're not familiar, is the youngest recipient of multiple Grammy Awards. Just absolutely catastrophically huge, catastrophically, astronomically <laughs> huge pop star. <laughs> catastrophically, yeah, it could be, according to the community here. Um, just massive massive artist like huge um she has been rumored like i said to show up to the event several times now or excuse me in several different iterations now whether that was uh doing music for a house whether that was doing music for the lagoon show but on the speculation map uh which lines up with things that i have heard as well she is being given a house Mm-hmm. And let's talk about why that makes sense. Whether or not you personally agree with it is, of course, up to you. But let's <laughs> talk about why they would like to do that. You look at the original houses here. You look at Bedtime Stories. You look at the Terra House. You look at Dungeon of Terror. And you look at Legendary Truth, which, we, of course, we haven't got to yet. Those houses are your diehard HHN houses, right? You have three callbacks with Legendary Truth, Dungeon of Terror, and the Terra House. And then you have Bedtime Stories, which is a new original. You have Beetlejuice, which serves as your classic horror property in the vein. Yeah, same with Gremlins, which we'll get to. Um, But that is more in line with like Ghostbusters, where Ghostbusters was an accessible, uh, I don't want to say family-friendly, but it was an accessible, all-ages property that got people excited for the event that people have nostalgia for. Universal Monsters, obviously there's a huge overlap between HHN fans and Universal Monsters fans, and the monsters were very, very popular with general you, the general public last year. Yeah. So you look at these things, oh, and Haunting of Hill House and Sabrina on this map, you look at these things and you say, hmm, there is not a lot of modern appeal on this lineup, except for the Netflix properties. Beetlejuice is popular, but there is not as much for your average general public park goer that attracts them. If you put in a property like Billie Eilish, that is going to bring people into the event. Absolutely. And why does that matter? <laughs> Let's break it down. So why does that matter? Why do we not have a rock or metal artist in that spot instead? The, unfortunately, as a rock and metal guy myself, rock and metal has been a dying genre for over 10 years now. It is yep. not anywhere near as popular. I've seen why not do a Slipknot house instead. Slipknot's most popular YouTube video from my research had 10 million views. Billie Eilish's most recent video, which was uploaded in the last year, while Slipknot's was 10 years ago, has over 800 million views. This is something that is relevant, that is popular, that is going to be needed to bring in a casual attender to the event. If you do not have something like this, there's a good chance that you are missing out on advertising to a market that might not show up otherwise. Um, yeah. You do not have something like Stranger Things this year to bring that those people in. By doing this, you are effectively funding those original anniversary houses that you love so much on this lineup list. I, I firmly don't believe that you would get a Dungeon of Terror or a Terra Queen house without having recognizable properties for people to show up for. Yeah, she's also, she is very edgy for her genre. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely a resurgence of edgy teenagers out there. And this is definitely going to bring those teenagers to the event. Yeah, well, the e-girl and the e-boy 
kind yeah. of trend that's that's happening right now. You know, Eilish is 100% in that. Um, I think she's she's been mostly a positive influence instead of a negative one in that regard. But, like, this is the kid's slipknot or, or something like that. People are excited for her and her potential. And I think it makes sense to do this as a house. Do being completely transparent with you guys do i wish that maybe this spot was being occupied by another original or something like that absolutely that'd be great but you have to have something to put on the marketing material or the billboard or in the commercials to pull in a casual audience and i think that is something that is kind of lacking on the lineup without her yeah and i feel like a american horror story kind of fell under that vein as well of trying to appeal to a much different demographic of horror or edgy fans mm-hmm. that were trying to pull in more of a female and younger demographic than Horror Nights is used to. Yeah. And just like any other house on this lineup, there is potential for this not to be a very good house. But yeah. more often than not, there is potential for this to be something really cool and pretty special. You know, this is actually listed to go in the Men in Black tent spot right now. Who knows? But I actually think that's a perfect location for something like that. You are right next to Academy of Villains, which has a younger audience who absolutely loves that. And you put those two things side by side. I think you're going to have a lot of people attracted to that side of the park, which is great, uh, in my opinion, from an operational standpoint, as far as getting people away from the very front of the park and actually getting them to the back. Yep. Which was... uh kind of a mistake they've had in the past with their larger properties that are pulling in people like with Stranger Things or with American Horror Story or with Walking Dead. They always put them straight up front with those bigger sound stages, but I think they really do need to space out the larger properties or the the things that are going to pull people in. They need to put them at the back or they need to put them, you know, further away from the front so the front isn't as clustered. This doesn't come as a surprise at all to me, and I to be quite honest, I think it's a good decision. I think that this brings in the people that it needs to. It is probably going to be something pretty cool. And I think it's unfair for us to make judgment on it until we actually see it. Yeah. She has a lot of really interesting music that I kind of like. And her music videos are really, really interesting and dark. So I think her aesthetic will work perfectly in house. Yeah. And I feel like some people are completely undervaluing that dark aesthetic as well. I I think that this is going to kind of surprise them with what they can do in this. Um, Speaking as an arachnophobe, you know, she loves her spiders and there's whole segments in her shows that feature spiders. Probably going to be a spider room in this house. Let's, (laughs) Let's wait and see. Yeah. And to add on to your basic point, um, if Horror Nights did not add these properties that people are complaining about, I don't think Horror Nights would still be around. Mm-hmm. Well, I- you know, I did the the math the yesterday, and that <laughs> was, uh, I saw a lot of people that were saying, uh, for those of, uh, you know, th- there's too many IPs for it to be an anniversary lineup. There- there's way too many. And I think what people forget is that ever since The Walking Dead showed up, Things have been very, very different. And it's yeah. it's it, even before that, the event has featured IPs for a long time. The first ever HHN icon was the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt. The uh, first ever house, which we're about to get into, actually, was Dungeon of Terror, which featured the Universal Monsters. Uh, yeah. In the second year, they added People Under the Stairs, very yeah. popular modern horror film from Universal. And then the third year, they added Psycho, which is an incredibly rich IP. So it's not like it's a new thing for HHN to use IPs. A lot of people talk about, oh, bring back the good old days. And you're like, well, you know, what was your favorite year? 17. Oh, you mean the year that had Leatherface, <laughs> Jason, and Freddy all as the icons? Oh, and yeah. The Thing? But, so, like I said, I did the math, so... 22 had five IPs out of seven houses. That's five. 23 had five out of eight, including every single scare zone, because that was the Walking Dead year. 24 had five out of eight IPs. 25 had five out of nine. 26 had six out of nine. 27 had five out of nine. 28 had five out of 10. And 29 had six out of 10. I think if you went into HHN 30 and expected this year to be 
100% original, unfortunately, you're, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. <laughs> oh, it's just not realistic. It's not. And IPs bring people in. And I think from the, the current IP list, which personally, we're, we're, we're about to get into it, but I don't think this is 100% correct. And I'm sure HHN Nightmares would agree with me there. Uh, there, there's more things to come for your traditional audience that just loves horror. And, uh, to those folks, I just say, stay patient. Like we're, it's only, it's only the end of March. Hang out. (laughs) Chill. I think a lot of people are also looking at this event with nostalgia goggles where they are zoomed in on the things that they fell in love with, which were, you know, Jack and Terra Queen, which weren't most of the event, most of the event also featured those IPs that still had to bring in other people. I think it's, we're noticing it more because of the increase in social media and social discussion. Yeah, exactly. And even those that are like, oh man, I wish they would go back to the good old Islands of Adventure days. But like, (laughs) Islands of Fear, you know, you were talking about uh, Fear Factor, you're talking about Marvel, you're talking about Jurassic Park, and that's out of five houses. Like, Three of those five houses are IPs. This has always been part of the event, and I think just think it's so silly to complain about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, we're all about positivity, so when it's it's hard to make counterpoints to these people and have it not resonate. In yeah, the brain. for sure. But let's talk about something that I know a lot of people would be pretty excited about, and this is one that. I started talking about, I think, back in 28, actually. I called it my way-too-early HHN 30, uh, you know, predictions. And that actually had Terra Queen on it. And then right underneath that, we had Terra Queen, Universal Monsters. And then right underneath that, I said, I think for the 30, if we get the Dungeon of Terror to return. I think they're listening to you. What was that? I think they're listening to you. Yeah, I think that's exact. I have so much influence. Don't you know who I am? If you're not familiar with Dungeon of Terror, that was actually the first ever Halloween Horror Nights house, which is pretty cool if it actually happens of of being a callback. I love seeing that nostalgic font uh, on the speculation map, but this was a house that featured uh, the Universal Monsters and some original characters. So that's actually interesting, Shelby. I hadn't thought about that. If we're getting the modern designs of monsters and the Bride House, do you think we get the classic monsters in Dungeon of Terror as well? I don't think so. I don't think so either. You want to hear? This is my theory for the Dungeon of Terror. I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as close as the house was in 1991. Mm. I think it's going to be our anniversary house, and I think it's going to have, like, like we kind of had 25. We're going to have, like, a best of with our icons this is going to be like our icon house with jack and all this stuff um because i just don't think we're going to see anything that they did in that previous house and they're just going to call it dungeon of terror yeah and we've seen that before because if you remember uh dungeon of terror i think this was the last time dungeon of terror showed up if you want to write me an email to tell me i'm wrong it's hunter at neozaz.com um but the last time we saw Dungeon of Terror, I believe, was Dungeon of Terror Retold, which was during Sweet 16. And that was actually where the storyteller came in. And they actually completely redid the concept of Dungeon of Terror for that year as well, where it was actually featured around basically this roadside haunt carnival attraction that the storyteller had bought and reopened. And she turned it basically into a torture chamber. Um, I think we might see something storyteller related here. I feel like that's maybe a safe bet. But uh, yeah, I I think it's going to be our anniversary house. Um, Maybe some callbacks to Jaws because the house was in the Jaws queue in 91. Oh, that'd be incredible. I think Hmm. people have been wanting a Jaws house for forever, which would be weird, but have a giant Jaws puppet. But yeah, you know, this is the first time the Dungeon of Terror, at least in my research, has shown up for like 15 years. So pretty cool. Excited to see it. Interested to see what happens. Be cool to see Crypt Keeper in there too. Yes, it would. My good old cackling friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one's so up in the air. And where is it? They have it on the speculation map. They have it over in a sprung tent. Yeah, which sounds about right. 
Yeah. It's a small house. So our next property on the list is actually going to be the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which if you haven't seen it, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is the new modern reboot that you can watch on Netflix that is actually owned by Warner Brothers. I believe it's brought to you by the same people that actually do Riverdale. I think there's a lot of similarities there. But um, this is a very different interpretation of Sabrina from what you have seen in Sabrina the Teenage Witch in the 90s. Uh, This is a tale of Satanism, to be quite honest. And for those reasons, I've seen a lot of, I've seen kind of a lot of back and forth on this one. People are like, I don't really want to watch this. Um, I don't like this to that. I say, give it a try. You never know. Um, I gave it a try. It wasn't quite made for me, but I also am aware enough to know that not everything has to be made for me. Do you have any experience with the new Sabrina? I haven't watched a single minute of it. Okay. So (laughs) Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is, like I said, all about Satanism. And for those reasons, I actually think this one is not happening from my personal speculation. Um, They've shied away from the satanic element uh, of horror for a long time now at Halloween Horror Nights. Mm -hmm. Um, For um, Sorry, do you remember the, I think it was the Fallen in 20, oh gosh, 27. Yep. When... If you went through that house at the very beginning, there were tons of references to like angel wings and demons. And it was a uh, heaven versus hell. And that's why it was called Fallen because they were a bunch of fallen angels. And then not too long into the event, all that stuff got removed. Yeah. And that is a house that we actually saw significantly toned down from its original concept to even what we got on opening night. It went from angels versus demons to almost entirely demons. Um, and I'm just putting this out here on the record. I'm I'm pretty sure I've said it on Catacombs before. The Fallen didn't really work for me as a house. Unfortunately, I just never had a great run through of it. But I think it was interesting, and it was actually pretty high up on my initial anticipation list for 27. And it just fell off after opening night and never quite recovered. But to your point, I think that's why we don't get the chilling adventures of Sabrina. I think that to tone it down... From the source material, it would kind of lose an element of its identity and lose some of the more interesting stuff. They absolutely could do it. I just don't think it's happening right now or this year. Yeah. It would be a really interesting property to bring. And it would definitely bring in that younger crown like we were kind of talking about with Billie Eilish. But yeah, like you're saying, I don't know. From what I've seen of the show, there is a lot of... um, horrific imagery and a lot of things that have to do with uh satanism so yeah i don't think it's going to either happen or it's going to be significantly downplayed yeah yeah for sure well let's go ahead and talk about one that we are (laughs) to be honest everyone is extremely confident on and that is another netflix property and that is the haunting of hill house so i've actually gone on the record before as far as saying that the haunting of hill house was actually my second favorite media related thing period uh, of 2018 it was actually just after uh for those of you that don't know i'm a huge animation nerd and spider-man into the spider-verse just completely blew my socks off that year um and that was my favorite thing period but haunting of hill house was very very high up there i thought it was a great series and i thought it was awesome to see a horror tv show do so well and kind of find its footing and become so popular with people i actually did a little bit of research yesterday into this and apparently the haunting of hill house is the most watched horror show of all time after the walking dead and american horror story no way it beats stranger things yep well i'm not sure if they count stranger things as a horror series see i would sort of consider stranger things horror i think they're looking for for something that's a little bit harder Maybe a little yeah. bit more graphic to be considered. I mean, or, Stranger Things has its moments, but... More R rating as opposed to, like, PG-13. Yeah, most likely. I think a lot of people would count, like, Stranger Things as, like, a family drama, even though it gets pretty wild. But Haunting of Hill House, I loved it. Um, I've seen some people say, 
why do this as a house? The Haunting Hill House is a story about how grief manifests itself and like how various traumas are like the ghosts of the past that haunt you. And to that, I say, honestly, bro, this is just going to be a spooky haunted house with ghosts popping out. Like you, you really don't have to do all those elements as far as like becoming something more than a, a scary haunted house. When you have these awesomely designed ghost characters from Mike Flanagan jumping yeah. out of dark corridors. I think it's going to get the shining treatment because the shining isn't, jump scares or slasher until like the very end and same goes for hill house it's not very jump scary it's not very in your face horror so i think it is going to get the shining treatment like we had in 2018 17 yeah 2017 27 where they're going to add their own scares and make it scary where it really wasn't yeah i honestly think that there's plenty for them to pull through for the yeah. haunting of Hill House. Um, it, now, if because we have mentioned location consistently, despite the fact that we said right at the <laughs> beginning that locations could change and very well could be, this one is actually in the parade building, and I actually think that's a perfect spot for this because once again, you're kind of pulling people to that side of the park instead of right at the front with the sound stages. Yeah, and this does make sense timing wise because the second season. Um, is coming out, which is Bly Manor. That will be coming out supposedly later this year. Um, and it's it's just perfect tie-in. You know, that relationship with Netflix has done great things over the last two years. Of course, it makes sense to have either, you know, one or two properties from Netflix show up this year. Absolutely. I'm kind of excited, although I am a little apprehensive to see how they make it scary when the show itself is not very jump scary. Um I want to know if they'll hide ghosts for you to find. Yeah. That interesting. <laughs> I, uh, I had someone bring that up to me yesterday that they were hoping that they would do hidden ghosts. And I just think that's a great idea. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh, did you ever watch the show and try to find the ghosts on your own and not read those articles? Uh, no, I actually only watched it the one time. I loved it. I just haven't had a reason to revisit it. And I think this is a perfect reason to do so. Oh, yeah. We got into it right as the hype kind of started and we saw the articles were coming out they were like, Oh, a bunch of hidden ghosts in the background. So we knew they were hiding. So when we saw them on our own, it made the show like that bit, a tiny bit more scary. It was, it was really good. Yeah. It's pretty great. How many, because I have, you know, even though I haven't watched it, I actually started to see those articles around the same time and just like kept an eye out for it. But I think that there's, there's so much that they can do there with hiding things throughout the house. And, uh, you know, not to disagree with you, but I actually think there's plenty for them to pull from as far as like haunted material, whether that is the bent neck lady with Nell's ghost, or whether that is the, the, like the bowler hat, not meet the Robinsons, but you know, like the, <laughs> the I mean, that'd be great. I'd be all over that. Um, the bowler hat guy who, who peeks under the bed or whether you're talking about that creepy ass zombie who's like underneath in the basement. Oh, oh yeah. man, that like really scared me. I'm going to be honest. Like that was great. Um, I really like the show. I'm excited to see this. And I think it is one of the ones that will be promoted very, very heavily. And dare I say, if it does come, even though we're pretty confident on it, I feel like this is going to be one of the first few announcements. Yeah. I think, uh, along that line, I think our first announcement should have been Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that would be a good one as far as getting people interested, but I could also see them wanting to start off on a strong horror property, and I think The Haunting of Hill House could do that for people. It toes that line between horror and popularity that I think they're looking for. You want to build that hype early? Yeah, for sure. And if you're... If you don't have Stranger Things, I think looking at this lineup, objectively, that could be the most popular one. Yeah. Besides possibly Sabrina or Billie Eilish. Yeah. Uh, Well, I would say, mm, I think Haunting of Hill House has a wider audience than Sabrina does, or either one of those properties do. Yeah. But that's just because Billie Eilish is music, and I think Sabrina predominantly skews younger. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You're right. (laughs) So the next house on this list is actually Legendary Truth, Cary, Ohio. So every year, 
we we or every year or just about every year we take a short little detour to Cary, Ohio. So Cary, Ohio is a town that has uh, shown up in HHN history quite a bit. Whether that was Slaughter Cinema or Hive during twenty seven, uh, I believe Lunatics Playground from twenty six was also set in Cary, Ohio. So you know this has gone back quite a long time. I think it's only been missing two years out of the last ten years. So you know Cary. You know, been all over the last decade. Of course, it makes sense to celebrate our good friends in Cary, Ohio. But what's got me interested is Legendary Truth. It's been a minute since we've checked in with the Legendary Truth guys. You and I haven't had any sort of interaction with them besides maybe Repository. Did you get to do Repository? I didn't get to do Repository. Yeah, that's the only interaction i've had with any sort of legendary truth thing yeah i know that during 25 they did have that kind of like during the last three nights of the event they showed up and yeah i missed out on that yeah me too but they showed up and kind of did some special things to celebrate that but i'm pretty sure that's the last time we've seen legendary truth uh show up at the event since there have yeah. been little nods here and there. I believe someone said that you could see Legendary Truth featured in the Ghostbusters house last year. If you knew where to look, like you turned around and looked backwards in one segment <laughs> of the house. But anyways, a celebration of Cary, Ohio sounds great. Like, that's that's awesome for a 30th anniversary. Yes, this one is up there on my hype list. It is, um, if it happens, because this could not happen, and I would be absolutely devastated, because... This is something I've been extremely interested in, in the Horror Nights lore, and just how deep it goes with, like, Mary Agana, and um, just all this deep, deep lore. I think uh, Schuster, uh, Boris Schuster's involved. It's, like, this big investigative thing. It's just, I'm losing words, but it's so complex and so interesting, and it has such great world building. Mm-hmm. It would be really, really interesting if they brought some sort of, like, ARG uh, into the house along with the entire event, sort of how they used to do with, like, 2008. Yeah, or even bring in the Legions of Fear again. I think that would be an interesting way to kind of tie it all together. And I think we're going to see elements of that. It's just anything that's a deep callback, like... Not to harp on this at all, but for those of you that are like, man, HHN's gone soft. There's nothing here for the old school fans. I mean, if you're getting a legendary truth house set in Cary, Ohio, that's pretty. That that's a good deep pull. I think you should be pretty happy with that. And this is a solid list for like hardcore fans. They get their Terror Queen, they get Dungeon of Terror, and they get Legendary Truth. I feel like this is a a pretty good year for those hardcore HHN fans. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think that this pulls pretty deep, and it, it doesn't pull any punches in that regard. If this is the final list, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if this doesn't happen, I will be very sad. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I think it's a good one. Supposedly, location, it is located in the new parade building, which they've only used twice before. Can you so, name what they are? Universal Monsters and Seeds of Extinction. There you go. We got a winner. Ding ding. Oh, I'll, I'll so, put it in your. Uh, I'll put it in your point book. <laughs> Thanks. Not a problem. Well, it'd be super interesting to see what they do. Whether they come up with a completely new story, or if it's like a hodgepodge of just all of the Cary, Ohio stories that we've known from the past. Yeah, I I think this is going to be a dedicated story. I I previously thought it was going to be kind of just every Cary, Ohio house. Um, or kind of snippets of each one, this would be kind of our throwback house. But I think after talking to you, I'm kind of convinced that might be Dungeon of Terror. Yeah. So it'll be something something new with its own story with subtle callbacks. Yeah. That's my prediction, calling it. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get into our last IP, and that is Gremlins. So... Yeah. For those of you who haven't been following me for a while, which I don't blame you, on episode three of my home podcast, Grim Grinning Hosts, I invited Matt and Shelby on to talk about our HHN wish list oh, yeah. uh, way back when, almost two years ago. And on that, I said, I really want gremlins. 
<laughs> it, I am so conflicted about this because it is so awesome to see it. But I feel like not only is this house, if it was to happen, would it be a logistical nightmare? It yeah. would also kind of tilt it a little too far as far as having two uh, popular family appealing comedic based properties and one yeah. event year. It would be like Ghostbusters and Beetlejuice showing up the same year. As great as that would be. I think Gremlins doesn't happen because Beetlejuice, I feel comfortable in saying, probably will happen. Yeah. I Gremlins has been on like a lot of my friends' uh, wish list for a really long time. And while I think it would be fun, like you said, it would be a, like a logistical operational nightmare because you would have to have so many puppeteers in that house. So many. Either and that I, or they're static, and that would be the worst... No. possible thing that could happen yeah I, it would be it would be awesome but looking at it from like an operational standpoint i feel like it would be really it would be good the first weekend and then the puppeteers would get tired and then they would quit and we would have like two or three puppets in the whole house <laughs> yeah that that would be a huge problem with those puppeteering houses i mean they're great whether that's an american werewolf in london or the xenomorphs and alien versus predator but there's what three to five max in the house yeah. how many would you have to have for a bunch of gremlins too many especially if you included the second movie <laughs> yeah which you'd have to i mean if i don't get a gremlin singing new york new york yeah. In the final segment of that house, I'm going to be so disappointed. Or the female gremlin. We need Greta gremlin. <laughs> we now, also need I... goofy gremlin, an electricity <laughs> gremlin, and a gremlin that flies through the wall and leaves a perfect bat symbol. <laughs> a key and pill skit. Yes, it's so good. Um, there's something I do want to mention, though, and this is unique for the speculation map, and it's unique for any Horror Nights map in general. And that's the location of this house. I don't think I've ever, in my time of going to Horror Nights, seen a house in this location. And it's, I don't know if anybody else knows what this is. It's the gates where, like, all the parades come out. They're called the esoteric gates. And that's where the entrance of the house is. I want to, I want to believe, to quote my good friends over in the X-Files, but um, I just, I don't see it happening, unfortunately. Where, where would you put the house? That's you would the have thing. to have like a separate sprung tent back there. Yeah, exactly. You would have to add another location. There is some speculation that Beetlejuice is in the wrong spot and that that soundstage will not be used at all this year, which I think is interesting. But that adds another level of complexity to it. This is Cause bizarre. I, I feel like Gremlins, Gremlins would have to be inside somewhere. It would either have to be in a soundstage or it would have to be in the Shrek building. I could see it in the sprung tent. Could you? Yeah. I, I'm thinking of like Slaughter Cinema. Yeah, but there wasn't any... I feel like we haven't seen that many puppets in the sprung tent. We had the lion and nightingales. And, um... Oh, gosh. Remember the the big critter-looking things in uh, Slaughter Cinema? Yeah, you're right. You had uh, Falafel. Yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> falafel. It's not to say it couldn't happen, but I just feel like puppets more... I feel like they more commonly show up in, like, air condition. I mean, they're all air-conditioned, but you know what I'm saying? Like, climate-controlled areas? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's so interesting. Unless you put that house in, like, the ETQ. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I love that idea. <laughs> well, well during the day, though. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's actually going to bring us to the end of our speculation map. Um, Shelby, I just want to ask what you think about this overall. Like, how are you feeling about it? I am hyped, and I am also not hyped. It's also the first speculation map, so, you know, things change all the time. I'm very interested to see what comes out of, like you were saying, Sabrina or Billie Eilish or any of these IPs. Um, my heart is always with the originals, as is every hardcore Horror Nights fan. Um, but I'm waiting for the Scare Zone rumors. That's where that's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, the Scare Zones are so important. And I think, um, I don't want to speak for a bunch of people, but minus like one zone last year, I didn't really latch on to any Scare Zones at all. And 28 was 
Uh, pretty similar. I think there was an additional one that I liked. I hope there's a lot more for me to uh, really enjoy in the scare zones this year. Yeah, I think 25 and 26 were the best years for me for scare zones. And I think we need something of that caliber again. Yeah, definitely. I I do, not to bring the real world into this, I feel like if we do get cuts, the scare zones are going to get hit the hardest. Yeah. Um, But I'm remaining optimistic, and and hopefully we can uh, get back to it soon. Yeah, and it's always a problem. Uh, It's not a problem money-wise, because the more people you have coming into the event, the better. But the more people coming into the event, the scarcer the scare zones get. Yeah. Sometimes... So, and then of course I'm excited for Academy of Villains and the Lagoon show. I think it's both going to be great. So like we said at the top of the show, we just wanted to kind of compile a short little list for you guys about what we personally would be the most excited for to see. And for me, that actually starts at number three with Dungeon of Terror. Oh man, that's mine too. (laughs) Oh, perfect. I just think that the the name carries such a weight in the HHN community that I'm excited to see what happens. It could be great. It could be not great. But I I have high hopes for it, and I think it's going to be something special, especially considering that it's paying such close homage to the the history of the event. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I got nothing more to add. You said it right. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Um, So number two, why don't you leave that one? My number two is the Universal Monsters, The Bride. And uh, my number two is Universal Monsters, The Bride. Oh See, this was at my number one for a little while, and then we started talking about my actual number one, and this has moved down to my number two, but I, you know, I have a thing for vampires. If we get more vampires again, I'll be super excited. Yeah. Um, and that's a big if. But if we don't get vampires this year, that'll be the first year in what forever that we haven't had any sort of vampire presence at the event. That'll be very sad. Yeah, because 26, we had Vamp 55. Uh, 27, we had Hive. 28, we had Vamp 85. What was 29? Dracula. Oh, duh. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, 100%. You, how'd I forget him? But yeah, I, I've gone on the record before. I know we just talked about this on our top five houses of the last five years episode, which was right before this. But um, man, the Dracula's Brides worked it every single night. They were consistently the best scares that I got every time I went. Um, so I'm really excited to see if the cast can recapture that magic. And number one for me is actually Beetlejuice. I know this isn't your number one, or is it? It's not. <laughs> okay, Okay. good. So finally, we've broken loose. I'm just really excited by the prospect of seeing Beetlejuice. I think it's a perfect fit. I am a Universal fanboy as much <laughs> as I am. Well, not as much, but I love HHN. I love Universal. And the fact that he finally gets to show up at the big Halloween event, I think is awesome. I think it's a perfect fit. And I think Beetlejuice is going to be such a wacky, big scale production that I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I think it'll be really large and artistic house. I'm very excited for it, but it's not my number one. My number one is actually Legendary Truth, because I kind of went on a little tirade about how excited I am with like the whole lore behind Legendary Truth and Carrie, Ohio. So I'm very excited to see what they do with that original. Yeah, I think it's a great pick, and uh, I wish that I had any idea of what it's going to be. Yeah. But it's it's going to be cool, regardless. And I think it's uh, very exciting to seeing Legendary Truth show back up. Yeah. I know how much uh, the creative team really does care about their lore and their original properties. So I feel like a lot of love would go into that house. So I'm excited. Yeah. If it's if. This is all if. <laughs> yeah, it's all if right now. And we'll be keeping an eye as new speculation maps come out, of course. But for now... That is going to bring us to the end of the latest episode of the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. So, Shelby, I want to thank you for joining me this fine evening. Not like we got much else going on. Not all, all in quarantine. That's the truth, unfortunately. Well, Shelby, if they want to keep up with you, where's the best place to do that? Easiest place to follow me is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 
uh, under the username Wendigutz, W-E-N-D-I-G-U-T-Z. Pretty easy. Perfect. The tried and true handle. Yep. <laughs> if you want to keep up with me, the best place to do that is on Twitter. You can find me over at Hanbrolo77. That's H-A-N-B-R-O-L-O-7-7. That's the year Star Wars came out. If you'd like to follow the show when new episodes go up, go and check out at Neozaz on Twitter. And guess what, guys? Because we've taken over the show, Shelby and I have talked, and we've decided that we want to, uh, basically, we want to chat with you guys. We want to hear what you think about this speculation map. We want to hear what you think about the show. If you have any ideas for topics that you'd like to have covered, uh, we'd like to hear from you. Hit me up over at the Shady Brook mailbox, which you can find me at hunter at neozaz.com. Very simple. Just my name at neozaz.com. Send me what you got. Tell me what you thought. And uh, we'll try to read a few of those on the show or try to even read all of them. As long as it's good. Check your spelling. <laughs> Check your grammar. Be important. This is a professional operation, folks. If you'd like... <laughs> Horror Nights Twitter account. <laughs> What's that? But unlike the Horror Nights Twitter account, please Ex- use grammar. <laughs> exactly. Please capitalize your eyes. It's so important. <laughs> if you'd like to interact with us on our Facebook group, you can find us over at Shady Brook Asylum on Facebook. That is the group that was started with Grim Grinning Host and the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. We have a lot of fun over there. There's been so much discussion about this new speculation map, and uh, there's a lot going on there. Find us at our home base at, once again, Shady Brook Asylum on Facebook. And I do want to do uh, one last shout out to HN Nightmares or Horror Night Nightmares who did provide the speculation map we've been looking at all night. Yep. Like Shelby just said, make sure to give those good folks a follow over at HN Nightmares on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and I believe they're on Instagram as well. And they've got a big website and all their forums. There's some interesting discussions going on over there. Yes, for sure. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. And hopefully, sooner than later, we'll be back with an announcement show for you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. Once again, I've been Hunter. I'm Shelby. And remember, a new era of darkness begins. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Jack. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a Neozaz Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at Neozaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Neozaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening. 